This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello. Hi. Is this Elsie? (laughs) Hello? Hello, hello. Is this Jess? It's Jess. How are you? Hi, Jess. How are you? Good. What's going on with you? What's going on downtown, Julie Brown? Downtown, Julie Brown. I think, you know, I think we've had a great time because Nanny and Pap were coming to stay with us. And I think that that's probably going to be great. It's weird when you're talking about the future and the past at once, but I have a feeling it, is weird. it was all amazing. So, yeah. You have a feeling... <laughs> It was amazing. Maybe yes, we should talk about amazing. that part next time. <laughs> That's true. No, but and I guess time, you, because yeah. you know how my girls got all sick during um, with during uh, Christmas ish time, and we had the baby goats. My girls haven't mm-hmm. seen their nanny and pap since October. Oh right! Oh my God! You never did see them for Christmas, did you? Nope. And oh my so lord! This I is forgot. Gonna, so it's yeah. This has been the, probably the longest that they've gone without seeing them. Um, oh, because no. we usually we we try to go to Pittsburgh. I don't know every couple of months, like every two months, even if it's for like four days or something like that. Just touch base and come back. And mm. um, many things happened, and we just weren't able to to do it. So they're coming down. They're going to come and see us. That's nice. Yeah. So Are you that's nervous? it. No, not really, because it's always great. I love them so much. It's super awesome. They are staying the yeah. night on the Friday that they come, so that's going to be interesting because we don't really like our little home. Have I, anywhere, I yeah, where are they going to stay? Yeah, exactly. I think that they're going to stay. Obviously, there's two rooms, so in one, <laughs> one of the rooms. So they'll be in the one, and, yeah. and you'll just be in the other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> there's like, there's no other choice. That sounds um, like a really good plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's plan. great because you, you can't just say like, should we put them in the room upstairs or downstairs? Should we put them in the room closer to the door or closer to the kitchen? Like there is none of that. It's just there's two rooms. <laughs> there's one and the other. <laughs> Which one? It's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. Could Randy yeah. put a yurt outside or something like that for a, a, guest, yurt. a guest yurt? Yes, he, we, we actually do have that in the works. It's just that everything's sort of like in the middle and it all guest comes yurt. down to funds. You know, it's like mm. we have all the parts, but we are missing some parts that are vital to doing that. And unfortunately, we got this incredible deal for a yurt, uh, the, the material, you know, that goes around the yurt. Is there is like a yurt the most- kit? Yes, yes, we actually- yes, you can buy it at Ikea. It's probably easier to make a yurt than it is one of their dressers. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but but see, here's the thing. He got an incredible deal. He actually uh, got this amazing, like the cloth part of it is is the more expensive part. 
uh, the wood part of it is kind of easier to access because the the wood isn't different weird type wood. It's like it's normal wood, and for the most part, it's easy to kind of put together or get, like at something like Home Depot. But the material is more intricate, and so we did. He did get that, and he has this amazing thing, and he had it in his box truck, which is parked outside the house. And so it's this gigantic box truck that can't move really. It's got things that are wrong with it, but he's got a lot of his tool things inside it. Come find out that rats have gone in there. Rats. And you find out. But yeah. yeah, rats. Because there's there's like rats from the, you know, from the woods. The, these are wood rats. These are not city rats. They're, they're like, right. The, you know, they, when you look at them, they're like, do they have like a, a southern bit. accent? What's the difference between a wood they, rat and a city <laughs> rat? They're carrying one of those hobo sticks. <laughs> got a pair of overalls on. They've got hayseed in their mouth, like and yeah, and they have a southern accent. <laughs> I love just the idea of that. It's so funny. I think yeah. that that's it. They're actually smaller. Don't you have you know, cats? Yes, but they're indoor cats. Well, I would get some outdoor cats and get rid of the rats. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it ended up, and actually, it wasn't like rats. Uh, it was rat. Oh. R a t, just rat. And uh, so, what happened with rat is that rat ate holes into the Ew. wonderful yurt outside material. of the yurt, which was like thousands of dollars. Um, and so now he's going to have to patch that up. It's not going to look as nice because it's going to have holes in it that are patched up. And now we have moved, obviously, that uh, material somewhere else. And he has uh, very, and of course, because those rats cannot be killed because this household is all peace. Um, they what? were uh, trapped in a, you know, those little traps oh. that you have them alive. Right. And then so Randy got the rat. And then he uh, drove the rat away. He took him down the road a piece. <laughs> yes. You're joking. No. No. You sure are she's joking. New. I, I know she's not. rat in the car. Yes. That's right. <laughs> and, and drove, drove him, him away. Yeah. Yes. All right, rat. We're going to take you down the road a piece and <laughs> drop you off. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Truly. He just he drove just the rat away, like a yes. like a like a cousin that you didn't yes. want visiting anymore. Yes, <laughs> you just took him to the train station, put him on the closest train, sent him to the city. <laughs> oh That's right. God. Go get your cousin, city rat. <laughs> I just see the rat with a stick with a kerchief hanging over it, oh, with the rat like so hitchhiking rich. back to Elsie's place. <laughs> It is so incredibly ridiculous. I don't even... It's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I know you hear it or you wouldn't be laughing. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so But ridiculous. it is. He came and showed us and we said goodbye to the rat. <laughs> Stop it. Bye, rat. Thanks for eating at the yurt diner. See you next Christmas. Get your hayseed and your hobo bag and get the funk out of here. Why, thank you, Rat, for stopping on over. Oh. Take your shoe fly pie and, and get. <laughs> <laughs> but now he's happy and he's oh, living. Christ. 
You know, he's living the dream. In a, living the dream. He is living, he's the, living the dream. He's the dream. He's probably in a new home. Hopefully. I was, we, we, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, he. Hopefully he was hawk dinner. He's gone. Maybe. Yeah, so hawks got, like rats. Yeah. Well, that's, I always, it's so funny when I start to talk about these things. I just don't think, I just don't think there's anything weird about it. Until you and then talk all to of us. a sudden, I'm like, oh, maybe that is odd. You're like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever said to another person, and I had no idea. <laughs> you you cannot tell me that you seriously think, oh, maybe this is odd about a rat that you drove away <laughs> in the car. <laughs> How can you even? I mean, honestly, I guess while it's happening, there's no time to really consider what's happening. Well, we did that with the uh, with the snakes too. You took the snakes away. <laughs> yes, you drove yes. the snakes away in the car. God, I hate snakes. Yes, yes, they are really tough. Um, what were they? Where I I forgot the exact name for the ones that are they're po- they're poisonous. Like we keep the the black snakes are not poisonous and they're actually good for keeping. Things like rats out of the yeah. way, and they stay out of the way. They're fine. Black See what happened? You got rid of the snakes that would have ate the rat. You got rid of the snakes, then the rat came and ate the yurt. It's just like a little <laughs> chill. This is a children's book. He swallowed the spider to catch the fly. I don't know why she swallowed a fly. Perhaps to catch the die. yurt. Catch the rat it's that so ate the yurt. Ridiculous. <laughs> Here's what I want to know, Elsie. What I want to know is... Do you realize what other people's lives are like in comparison to yours? Do you think that John and I are often driving away vermin (laughs) from our houses? Well, no, because have you ever lived? I mean, I know that you've lived with other people that are normal or or somewhat normal. Your parents seem normal-ish. But no, I'm just kidding, Mom. But (laughs) But I mean, like, but like. Has it been so long that you've been ingrained in civilization that you don't remember what it's like to just like go to Bed Bath and Beyond, get like a box of K cups, come home, take the girls to the movies, get a manicure, come home? Like your life is so. The reason why we react this way is that it's so different than what everyone else we know is doing. So what I want to know is, are you in any way aware of it? <laughs> That's what I want to know. No, I don't think so. And I don't really. I don't think I don't, you are either. No, really? I don't think so. I don't actually really miss it. And I, and I think about that all the time. And that's why sometimes I'm, I'm like. I'm not if you think... miss it. Not miss it. I want to know if you're even aware that the rest of us no. exist completely differently to you. I am not aware. Except actually I, I am aware so. when I see people post things. And then I go like, that's just not part of my. Like, like what? Like I went to like, go get a manicure today and then ate at a restaurant? Yeah. Like stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. Like, yeah. Like anybody or, posting or, like a brunch? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because there's, there's no not brunch like, happening in Elsie's world. There's, no. You're there brunchless. Are, there is like a restaurant that I really love that is kind of close to us. And we do have like it's, – it's a nice little resort time that, that's really close. But right. – It's the, not the, the coffee like, and donuts the, place, is it? There's no no. There's no basic no. That the vortex donuts was amazing. It's an amazing place. For some reason, Asheville's got like donuts up the behind. Was like, yeah. like really nice donuts, like beautiful. My mom donuts, used to like say up the wazoo. homemade donuts. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and then <laughs> and um, ice cream. I don't know why. Like v- ice cream. Oh, and chocolate. 
Like, but they are all like really nice places. It's not like 31 flavors and and like C's candy kind of thing. It's like very like the other day I just bought myself this tiny little chocolate that was filled with hazelnuts that was like a little shell on the outside. It looks like a little shell shape on the outside and the inside was all hazelnut. Mm-hmm. And it was it was about the size, I don't know, it was a little bit about the size of a quarter. It was two dollars and fifty cents. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. So what I'm saying is it's like that kind of like they make the chocolate there. You see them making the chocolate like the hazelnuts. They went to, you know, they they grew their own hazelnut tree and grabbed the hazelnuts and smashed them up and made the little, you know, that kind of stuff. That's the things that you see mm-hmm. around here. There is no like there's no uh, there, I keep saying this, but there's really no Starbucks that I know of. Like because when I go to Pittsburgh, there's a Starbucks at every single corner. Like you walk around, and you're like, oh, there's oh oh there's oh, oh look over there, oh there's another one, and it's all everywhere. That's normal. Here, normal. There, <laughs> normal. There, there, normal yeah. is the word. Here, there is no there is one. There's like a Starbucks. I don't even I don't think I've ever been in it in Asheville. Because there aren't there's there's coffee shops, but they're all local and they're you know they're they're unique. Like there's no franchises. Like you don't see more and more and more of these. These are like there's like the coffee shop that you go to here that is called this, and that's it. Mm. There's four Dunkin' so. Donuts within a mile and a half of my like I can walk out of my house and within a mile and a half I can be at one of four Dunkin' Donuts. I I can't even imagine where I, you know you gotta. Get you know, rustle up the kids and take a forty-five minute ride into town to get some vittles. I just <laughs> vittles. I can't. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. We don't. Yeah, we don't have like it's just it's it's crazy. We don't we don't we don't have that. And there are times when I wish that there was like a thing that I'm like, oh, we're gonna go here and have this food because I don't want to cook or something like that, or I don't want to go eat at Whole Foods. It's very challenging because all of the the restaurants are are great. But I don't know if the kids will like them. Like, I will like them. But I don't know what they have. And I don't know what they'll eat. And I don't want to go in there and spend this money, and they won't eat it. I know you know how to use a knife and fork because I've eaten with you. So it's all safe, people. Just so you know. I have eaten with Elsie. And I love And she doesn't, like, put her feet up on the seat or, like, eat chicken (laughs) with her bare hands or anything. So it's cool. But I just wanted to know if, you know, like, you're – like, are you – I mean, you're just living – this is what I actually think – I'm actually fond of this about you is that, like – you are so busy living your own life. It doesn't even occur to you. I mean, unless you just stop for a second in a ridiculous moment and think, I wonder what Jessica's doing right now. Other than that, <laughs> like, for example, when you're getting your ass rammed by a goat in a <laughs> fence. Right. You better explain that. But, uh, you have to well, listen she, to the episode. The goat was Done. stuck or Elsie was stuck. Somebody was stuck and the goat kept headbutting. There we go. Either, well, uh, either yeah. her or the other goat. I can't remember. One time the goats held them hostage in their own home and they yeah, couldn't get right. out because what? they were on the front porch and they were angry. <laughs> They're not necessarily the nicest goats. So whenever the big goats are out, the, whenever the big goats are out, like the, all of us are contained in, indoors except for daddy because daddy's the shepherd. So when, when Randy goes out, you know, he knows how to take care of the goats, like totally listen to him and they do the things that he says, but they don't with us, with May May or Hunty or myself, to be honest. So he's a goat whisperer. So he's something <laughs> like that. And uh, so whenever they're out, we we stay in the house. 
We don't go out because they they totally will come up to you and ram you. Mm-hmm. And the other day, ready to let them out, you know, and everybody was in the house. We were just, you know, normal, like being normal in the house. And then all of a sudden we start here like, bam, bam. And it was like, what is happening? One of them had decided to start to ram into the front door, just ramming. So then, it, yeah, so that was a thing that happened here too. Yeah. <laughs> I should I should video a lot of this stuff. Absolutely. Really should. Nobody would believe it. So I know. People, I think it's funny because I say all these things and I have a feeling people are like, nah, she's lying. No, that didn't really no. happen. It's no. amazing. <laughs> it is truly amazing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Maybe we should talk about some podcasting stuff. Yes, we should. Uh, so. <laughs> all right. All right. So we have a. Uh, you have something here. What is this? Mortified is a new Netflix show because I don't. I know I didn't write that. This week, Mortified launches a brand new TV show available on Netflix. The show is largely based on stories from the podcast, so listeners can finally put faces to the voices they've laughed and cried with for years. The Mortified Guide is a six-episode comedic docuseries that looks at the biggest issues of adolescence, first loves to fitting in to dealing with your neurotic family as adults share their childhood writings and art in front of total strangers. Each hour-long episode tackles one childhood theme, exploring that theme from a variety of adolescent experiences from the hilarious to the heartbreaking. I mean, it sounds hilarious because what's more funny than an embarrassed teenager? Nothing. I assure you. Uh, Randy taking a rat down the road. That's what's more funny than that. I mean, that's pretty funny. (laughs) That's not, you're not wrong. That's pretty funny. But it's, so anyway, so I'm just excited because it's yet another podcast that has been invited to become mainstream media, which I think is super cool. I still can't believe how many people don't know what a podcast is. That still amazes me because I was at the doctor's the other yesterday and I was talking to somebody and a lady goes, I said, she goes, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a podcast editor. And she goes, what's a podcast? I'm like, really? I, you know, so then I had to explain how old it to is her. this woman? She's 45, 47, somewhere around there. No way. She was a, oh, she's a physical therapist. Yes. And she had no idea what a podcast was. I said, you got a, a, an iPhone? And she goes, yeah. And I said, let me look. And I said, see that there? Press that. I said, there's all kinds of shows in there. She would like that. You could download them, subscribe People don't them. know what's on their phone. no knows idea. What's on their phone. That's right. you got to be kidding. But it just amazes me. So as, I think what's, what's great about this is that more people, as this will make it more mainstream for people, they'll know what a podcast is. That's a good thing. Yeah. It's a huge thing. People don't really know. People take it for granted. Totally. But uh, So I'm happy. I am happy for that. I think that getting so many more eyes on that, but kind of like, and I know that this kind of has something to do with sort of getting more listeners because what tends to happen is that now when people hear news like this, Jess, is like, oh my gosh, that show that was a podcast is now a show on Netflix. We can do it too. You know, so then now people are, will start to do podcasts so that they could be optioned to do shows. Why is it different than Justin Bieber becoming a big celebrity from being on YouTube? It's no different. People do think that already. Right. But what I'm saying is that that does. You that, don't that, want people to was, get the wrong idea? Well, no, it's just that that's a, the wrong reason to start to do it, you know? And also, it's only specific people. Like, yeah, Justin Bieber had that happen. But how many other people have that happen versus the actual reality of how many people are actually on YouTube? You know, I'm sure that there's been a handful, right? 
I don't know, a handful of people who that's happened to. Sure. Cool. But how many millions of users are on YouTube? So you think people should not start a podcast or anything in the hopes that they'll become famous because they think they have talent? It's not like going like, oh my gosh, this is the button I push to get there. This is something like, I would say, oh my gosh, I would love to develop a show and see if I can get my message clear or get my chops into this so that I could really refine my storytelling skills and develop myself as a, as a storyteller or as an artist or as somebody who's creating amazing media and kind of just do it that way and then push it forward. And then somebody will pay attention if you're whatever media you decide to go into, whether it's a YouTube channel, whether it's a blog, whether it's Instagram stories or Snapchat stories or whether it's, you know, and on Anchor, maybe you're doing a journal every day and that's your thing and you get lots of followers. But as long as you're doing it because you want you have something to say, you want to develop something because you want to do it, not because you want to all of a sudden be optioned to be a show on Netflix or mainstream TV. You know what I mean? Anybody who is a performer is going to want to be paid to perform eventually. And so right. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing it in the hopes that someday they're optioned for anything at any time. I mean, so far, there's only been two podcasts. But what what's exciting about it is that content creators are looking for shows yes. to option, that, that it's another place besides YouTube where people yes. are scouring for original ideas. And if you have an original idea, I don't think it's unreasonable to set a goal of having your original idea become optioned into something more, whether it's a movie or a television show. I mean, that's how all people get their stories out, right? I mean, think about all the movies that were – think about Kevin Smith, for example. He's just oh, some yeah. guy who writes, writes stuff. And also, he went the other way around, too, though. I mean, Kevin started doing it. Yeah. Oh, I know. He did. Sort of like in the mainstream. Well, that's because he was doing that long before, but he still was just a no one who wrote a cool movie. That's it. Yeah. It's just that, like, it seems like, you know, how people are getting into podcasting to make money kind of thing. Remember that line that Rob said in his in his podfest yes. uh, keynote? Of course. Where it was like, if you're, you know, if you wanted to, if you want to do this to make money, then that's not the first question you should ask kind of thing. Yeah. I think that that's, this is something like that too. If you want to get into podcasting is to have your show option to be a movie or to be a show, this is not that like you, there's got to be something else. There have to be other questions before that comes through. I think that, that it's a viable thing. Absolutely. And I think business models are coming out and, um, and things like this are happening. I just think it's not the first step. Like it's not a trajectory, if you will. Yeah, Dave Jackson was talking about this the other day. This uh, kind of a rant, like the, r- rant about it on Facebook. It's, it's you don't even have an audience yet, and you're auto- automatically trying to get money from the people that are listening. There's no one listening, so there's really no place to get money from. They're asking about how do I monetize? How do I monetize my podcast before I even have a podcast? Yeah, well, I've already. I mean, yes, I agree with him that that is a ridiculous question when you've just started a podcast. However. If you know that you are unique with an individual story and you're funny or dramatic or whatever it is that you are, I don't think it's unreasonable to start a podcast in the hope. I mean, the whole reason I started a podcast was for a speaking career. I mean, I didn't know that I would enjoy podcasting. It was a means to an end. And for some people, it's always going to be a means to an end. And for other people, they're going to enjoy the means so much that that is the end. But nobody – I don't think when you start a podcast, you know 
that that's your means, that that's your end because most people, first of all, start a podcast thinking, oh, it'll just be easy. I'll start a podcast. People will hear me and then I'll be able to do X. I don't think – I think very few – it might be different now that more people know and content creators know what a podcast is and what it can do. But four years ago when I started mine, it was simply to be something else. I didn't know that it could be the thing in itself. And I mean you did, but you were also doing yours. Like I would like to help other people and so I would like to have this podcast. That was your whole goal. But I think most people start a podcast with the goal of something else happening. What it is, maybe they don't know yet. And I know, I mean, you and I know for a fact they don't know what it is yet because that's why they pay us to consult with them. I started this podcast three years ago and it's not become what I wanted it to become. Well, what do you want it to become? Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, that could be why, <laughs> you know, but I mean, yep. I hear that all the time. I don't know what it's supposed to be. Well, if you know it's supposed to be a Netflix show, that's one perfect example of how you can, I mean, it's like law of attraction. You put everything towards one thing turning into another, whether that means studying the shows that have become television shows from podcasts, whether it becomes, I mean, you know that once you have a goal with your podcast, every single thing you do for that podcast needs to move towards that goal, your branding, your content, your marketing. Yep. So why is it unreasonable? I mean, the goal of let's make money is a lot more unreasonable than I'd like to option this into mainstream media entertainment. I don't think that's that unreasonable of a goal. Do you know what I mean? No, I, I, yeah, when you put it that way, absolutely. When you put it that way, yes, because all everything that you're talking about is, is correct. You would go into doing your podcast as if you were getting this ready to be a, something that's uh, like video, a video something. Right. Something that right. is going to be optioned, that you're moving towards that and everything is sex. So that, yeah, absolutely, every choice that you make is going to be different than if somebody is like, you wouldn't really necessarily come in here and, and recognize or optimize to see how you can make a successful podcast as much as you could position yourself exactly. and your idea to be seen which may not necessarily mean you stick to the podcasting space, meaning that that's not where you hang out. You'd be hanging out in other places that are going to facilitate that transition for you. Well, whatever it is, it's um, it's like yeah. beginning to, you know the destination, now you need the map. And that's regardless of whether or not you want a mainstream show or if you want to be a speaker or if you want to eventually have it be that ends where your show is making enough money to sustain you or if you want to change the world. I mean, all of these things dictate the map. Right. What sucks is for people who just want to make money, don't care how, therefore map leads nowhere. Right. Right. I think that's really what is what you and Dave are more pissing and moaning about not to not to diminish your feelings because I agree with you but there, that's really more to piss and moan about is when people are just like I'm making I'm doing a podcast because eventually I'd like it to be a business okay well what kind of business I don't know I don't care I just want it to pay me pay you for what right for what what are, what are they paying you for your brilliant insight your expertise your ability to interview male models what what right and I think that that's what it is. Like if you have like w- what it is, is it's kind of like you're going on a the map, if you will, is not really a map that's taking you anywhere. It's sort of like you take a ride and you're like, oh, my God, that lake looks really cool. Let's go hang out there. I heard about this restaurant that's over here. Let's go over to that restaurant. I think I want to have a restaurant. 
Restaurants are neat. Oh my gosh, should、yeah. we go to a different, like, and it's like, holy cow, every single time. It just becomes the experience of life, if you will. And it's like, that's lovely. It's amazing.、Yeah. I love to be、yeah. that, right? Because that, that, it's awesome to live your life like that. But、yeah. you can't expect money out of that. You can't expect anything that makes sense to come out of that other than experience, which is you experiencing the world and going by just. Swimming around, right? Just swimming around.、Mm-hmm. Swimming around. <laughs> so, yeah, I, under, I understand that. And now, but now let's take it to like the other end of things, which is like our ne-、uh, the next little thing that I kind of want to talk about, which is there's been people who have are totally cheating in Apple Podcasts. Yeah, explain、iTunes. this. I like, didn't read it because I wanted you to explain it to me. Yeah, so there's there been like a couple、read? of our. There is, and it's really, it's like a lot. So. Um, th- this article on Discover Pods, discoverpods.com, the guy who, who、um, writes over there, he really went in deep. I don't even know how much time he had in his hands because he was doing a lot of sleuthing.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so he was sitting around essentially really diving into what makes. You know, the charts in Apple Podcasts slash iTunes tick. And there, you know, he did all kinds of、uh, research on when it, what the algorithm was, has been said to be, meaning that he did take a lot of the things that Rob Walsh has said in the past, because he also spent some time watching the algorithm work. Because it's not, again, this, it has nothing to do with. Ratings and reviews and all of that stuff. It has nothing to do with that. And it actually has to do with time and it has to do with actions on your show. Like on, within a, and so both of those two things actions that are happening on your Apple Podcast account. And when I say actions, meaning people that are subscribing and downloading your show. Primarily, actually, but really the truth to move you the chart to the、uh, moving the charts up is subscriptions. Subscriptions is huge within iTunes and Apple Podcasts. And the other thing that really counts is a given period of time. So it's not that everybody subscribes like whenever they want, but it's like if you say to your closest 100 friends, Hey, everybody, go inside of iTunes. Literally from, you know, let's say from eight in the morning to 10 in the morning, and everybody press the subscribe button, that's going to actually move you up the ranks. That's really all it, because it's an algorithmic thing, right? And that's how they set it up. So it looked like there was a specific podcast that he's been looking at that was constantly in the same position. In the charts, like they never fluctuated. And he thought it was a little bit something fishy because the, the show itself was in the top rankings, but none of the episodes were in the top 200 episodes. And that's what,、uh, what Rob looks at to correlate between whether a show is actually doing really well organically or if something fishy might be going on. Because if you have a show in the top, you know, whatever, 200 or whatever he was looking at, Um, and you don't have any of your episodes in the top 200, something's a little off there because obviously nobody's listening to the episodes. Right. right. So,、um, so he did all of this research. He like totally backed it up with data and all this stuff. And he saw that this guy, this is what's happening. And what he figured out is that there is a, a possibility, and he tried to reach out to the podcaster that who is being featured all the time that,、uh, what's going on with this? It seems like. There might have been a, a little bit of something where either they hired out、uh, somebody 
or a firm or, you know, those, those people who do this, <laughs> who just sat there and essentially is pressing the subscribe button. Obviously, maybe like um, rigged it so that it's done via robot or something like that. So this is just gaming. It's really just gaming the position where it's pushing mm-hmm. you to be seen. It's called Kick-Ass News, the, the, the show that he was talking about. It's like the top 10 or something. Anyway. Mm. Neat. So, yeah, it's and so but here's here's what uh, was really interesting to me was the last couple of paragraphs here that he has at the end where he says the implications of gaming the charts. He feels that the, the guy who wrote this really it's an in-depth article, guys. It's really not like all of a sudden he just came up. He, it's not pure conjecture. He's got like screenshots and data and all kinds of stuff. His name is Kevin Goldberg, uh, who wrote the article. And he says that he doesn't view this as a victimless innovative growth tactic. I mean, he says he will. Most of this is a victimless innovative growth tactic. And to that, he says he agrees. So he doesn't really feel that there's anything wrong with this. This is what people do. People figure out how to game the system to get eyes and in, onto their stuff. Um, and he feels that um, this is really an ethical and genius tactic. In essence, they're gaining extra exposure and awareness to attract new listeners. Um, that kind okay. of, I would, I don't, you know, I kind of was like, I don't, my gut tells me I don't like that. I don't agree with that. I, it feels icky and gucky to me. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, And then he, but the last sentence is the one that really kind of made me think twice. He says, "Uh, we've long discussed how the podcast discovery mechanism is broken. And therefore, a lot of interested podcasters browse the top charts looking for something new. Similar to having a large Twitter following, uh, prospective listeners will check out whatever is popular. Surely if others are listening or following on Twitter, it must be good, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hmm. But actually, that's not exactly the one that I the what I wanted to tell you. This is the one growth tactics uh, like the one detailed above will only be successful if they're able to use their standing to convert actual engaged listeners. And that's actually the bottom line, because it doesn't matter how you game the charts. If you don't, if you're not able to optimize it whether it is because your content is above average and actually quite stellar, whether or not you have an, a system already set up to allow for the wealth of listeners that are coming through, meaning a building community, com- dialogues set up, marketing that to support all of these users coming in, uh, all of the things that we know that really hook somebody to step into your show, all of this stuff is just simply going to bring you attention, but it's not going to keep you there. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm just, Mm. I'm just thinking about how um, there's just so much focus on Apple podcasts, really. And I think that we as podcasters, uh, as the totality of all of that we are, are focusing way too much on that on Apple podcast on iTunes to game the system to sit there and really just make me be featured all the time. And I agree that it can push uh, a podcaster above and beyond 
maybe to be seen. But there are other X factors out there. And also, there are so many other places that you can really leverage to get featured as well that most people aren't even tapping. Markets are not even opened up. Like places like apps. Apps are featuring people right now. CastBox, Radio Public, Overcast. Um, Overcast has advertising in it. Like, why wouldn't you like want to even test out, uh, you know, advertising in Overcast to get more eyes on your stuff? There's just so many other things out there that I feel uh, are worth are more important. people's time. Yeah. yeah, worth more people's time for this kind of stuff. What do you think about that? Gaming the system. I think it's obnoxious and it doesn't help anybody. I mean, you're gaming. Think about this. You're gaming the system so that you can get more listeners, so that you can get advertisers. And the advertisers are going to run an ad on your show and then not get any results and then not renew with you because you've gamed this system. So it's only a short term gain. Whereas like if you were to that's if you have 10,000 downloads an episode, whereas if you grow organically 2,500, you will have advertisers that come back over and over and over again, you take two or three ads on your show. Uh, Even if you sell via CPM, you're making like 150 200 a show. I mean, no, it's not the same as three 400 a show. But you're only going to get that once or twice because your audience is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, who wants to have a bullshit audience? It's not going to help your self-esteem, your ego, your arrogance. It's all fluff. It's all fluff. How can you live with yourself? I just – I am not only the worst liar, but hate liars in general. So it's very hard for me to – it's hard for me to imagine. It's so annoying that people are doing this, but they've been doing it forever. I mean, this is no different than buying fo- Twitter followers. And yeah, soon exactly. we, they should be, able, you know, Twitter figured out how to like, or other places have gotten you to be able to like, look at an account and calculate its spam. I forget what it's called, but you can put in any handle and find out how much of their audience is bullshit. And I've been very careful with my audience as a result of that. Like, I mean, the people that are following me are, you know, if they're spam, I block them. I don't want to look like I have a spammy account. So like, um, hopefully soon we'll be able to do that with podcasts too. So they can say 10,000 downloads, but they're all from the Philippines. Right. And I think part of it is like some advertisers are wise and they ask for a screenshot of location so that they can see that out of the 10,000, you know, eight of them are in the United States or, you know, or, you know, they look, I mean, we have listeners from all over, but if you look at our countries, I mean, there are obviously people that know us and not right. overseas click farms. Yeah. I was going to say, and the other thing is, I don't think. That people go to Apple Podcasts to look to, for podcasts, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I'm always looking for podcasts to listen to. I'm always checking other podcasts out. I never go to Apple Podcasts and check out their, you know, to go look for. I, I see their word of mouth or something I see on social media. It's, you know, it's mm-hmm. not where you go. I mean, I can understand Doing that to get your name up higher so people that were, if they were looking for podcasts, they would see yours and check it out. And then that would build your audience. But after a while, and you're doing that and you're constantly up there and you're not building your audience, then I'd have to say, well, now I got to look at my content because, you know, 
people aren't clicking through or I got to look at my art or I got to look at my message or I got to look at whatever's going on here because I'm up there and still nobody's looking. So, yeah, it's mm. what is interesting is that, you know, here's here. I think that there's a difference between like the quality of listener that you are, John, because you're. You are very engaged. You're very passionate about the medium. You have a sensibility or had a sensibility before you were even um, like doing podcast production or whatever. Like when you stepped into listening to podcast, it immediately resonated with you and you were like, yes, right? Now here's, then there's people who are really into the Apple ecosystem. Like they, they are aware of the way that iTunes works, the, the actual desktop. They know how the Mac ecosystem works. They know, you know, um, Apple Music and all of those things at its basic, and they understand the branding about that, but they don't know much of anything else beyond that. Like, they're not Mac uh, Mac power users, if you will. They are people who are, at the surface, just really love the brand itself, and they're inside of the ecosystem. That's who this is appealing to, and I think that's a very specific demographic and psychographic that's who's listening what you're talking Mm. about is a totally different person it's a person who is a little more independent is a person who i feel is also quite more intelligent uh, has a lot more common sense happens to do things on their own way has their unique way of thinking likes to take chances and doing new things likes to hack things up and test things out they're a little bit more innovative they try to do you know they they t- take risks and chances and I think that that's another person and that type of person doesn't really necessarily have a specific uh, socioeconomic status either it could be somebody who has millions of dollars or somebody who is uh, you know, doesn't have very much. Maybe they're living off of food stamps or whatever. But that type of psychographic can really benefit from listening to podcasts. But a lot of these people aren't inside the iTunes podcast app place. They would actually resonate so much more with something like Overcast or something like Pocket Casts or something like Castro. Or, you know, they are the ones that are moving towards that side and including somebody like SoundCloud, which we talked about last time. Those are the people that at this moment I feel are more and are not being tapped. Meaning those are, mm-hmm. we're not, they're not going to find your show in Apple Podcasts because they're not there. They are your right. perfect audience. They're somewhere else. And I think that that's where I feel we as podcasters, especially because we are one, like we are a very unique, I feel we're a very unique type of person who has a lot of power and are, we're super smart. And a lot of us know that iTunes is crap, the, the software itself. And there's a lot of things that are inside of the Apple ecosystem that are made by Apple that sort of hold you to their way of thinking that most of us that are a little bit smarter about things do not subscribe to. And therefore, we won't go there. We have our own way of doing things. So those are the people that I feel we need to tap into. And it's a bigger audience. And nobody's working towards that. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. So I mean, you're right, yes. of course. So, John, that, that's it. any thoughts? No, I'm just I'm with you. I just that was my thought. <laughs> I mean, again, I, I it's you know it's very hard to get noticed. Everybody's it's to me it's like uh, seagulls on the beach. You know, they're all out there, wah, 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 and one and one of them wants to be noticed. And how do you get noticed in a 
you know, in a whole flock of seagulls. So it's very hard. And this guy's trying to be, <laughs> he's trying to change his feathers to be noticed. And well, it's still not working for him because he's not getting any kind of episodes up there. The thing is also is that I know it's really frustrating for people who have excellent content to be consistently working as hard as you can to grow. And it just doesn't work. Like, I know how frustrating that is. Um, and to say, well, your content needs to be better is not really fair because maybe their content's amazing. But it's just a matter – I mean – I don't know. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I have a client that is doing podcast advertising to boost his own downloads, like not paying for audience members, but paying for ads on larger, more successful podcasts than his in the same genre to try and boost his own audience. And I mean, the amount of money you have to spend to raise the bar like 5000 is ridiculous and then when you take that and consider that like um you know if you spend okay for example sixteen thousand dollars on podcast ads and it has only raised your audience level five to ten thousand dollars i mean how much more in that in advertising is that if you sell at 30 cpm that's three hundred dollars so you've spent sixteen thousand to be able to make another 300 people. Why does that make any sense? To make another, yeah. It would be, what do you it mean would be cheaper to take every one of those listeners out to lunch than to advertise on a podcast. 16,000. Well, so, but then what's he supposed to do? But then, so what do you do? Hold on, let me do podcast math. What is the option? How do you raise it another 20,000? If you've already got a popular show, say. So you're telling me that this person spent 16000 in advertising, and with that, he got 300 listeners. Is that true? No, not 300 listeners. No, 10,000 more listeners, which equals 300 more dollars. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how, how many listeners, $16,000. I mean, it's basically like $1.20 a listener. Which isn't bad, considering like that's p- kind of what you get with a Facebook ad. It's about like a dollar twenty per new per click. Okay. I thought you were telling me sixteen thousand only got three hundred listeners. You could take three hundred people on a cruise for that amount of money. I know. And, and get them to listen to your podcast. With these new type of tactics, one thing that I feel that we tend to want as as uh, podcasters with a lot of this stuff is to really know what that ROI is now. Because with a lot of the sort of established online systems where you do put some ta- some of these tactics forward, you kind of start to understand what's coming back at you, whether or not it's working or not, things like that. Where I feel is different, though, is with podcast advertising. Unfortunately, it doesn't – you need time. Like I wouldn't be able to uh, to see what that investment of, of either time, resources, all of those things are for a podcast until minimally six months later, possibly a year later, to be able to go back and go, wow, that really worked out. Because advertising or even anything that you bring in terms of audience and clout and influence and impact for podcasts, generally speaking, for I would say about 85 to 90% of us, is a long tail kind of thing. So it's not going to be reflected back to you when you first did it. It's not. 
unless you would have gotten into the space at the beginning of the space, which we can't do anymore. We're much later. So for somebody who does that for maybe three months, you're not going to see the results of that investment until I would say six months after that last ad is when you can go like, wow, now I can really look back and see what audience I sustained, how it continued to grow, how the back catalog for that podcast that I did advertising on really has continued to go through, how many people are still coming by, because there's still people that are going to be looking back and listening to the back catalog and finding out about things way before. So you can't really, you can't really know that. That's, that's my take on, on some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. So it's not something yeah. quick. You won't know you won't know that. Until and that's why and we talked about it this last week, but I think that we need to take a little bit of a sponsor break here. Um, because we mm-hmm. are super stoked to have podcast movement again as a sponsor Wait, that was for so the show. I know yeah. it's very random because I wanted to keep on moving to and I was just thinking like the reason that I think that this is a good segue is because think about the way that podcast movement has grown from when it began. You cannot imagine that a conference that started the way that these guys started on Kickstarter, where they started with a dream, where they started with some of us going like, let's try this little thing, would end up being what it is now. You know what I mean? How many, how many, (laughs) I know, no, 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 no. How many, how many have there been? Is this number, what, I I can't remember. Is it five? Um, Hold on. Is it, or four? Uh, Hold on, hold on, hold on. We have Dallas, Dallas. No, Dallas. there's two in Dallas. Dude, um, two in Texas. Dallas, Dallas, Fort Worth. Chicago, Anaheim, and now Philly. I think it's five. Five, it's yeah. Five. So five. Think about that. So that's five years. That's just five years of this conference that has now mm-hmm. grown to such a degree where they're having, they're starting to move to, to a place of a complete, everybody recognizes podcast movement. Everybody in the space now under, now knows about this conference in a way that is like, oh, the people in radio, the people that are doing the procasting type of things, like the, that, the gimlets of the world that just started to do stuff specifically for podcasts. Then we have a lot of the indie podcasters that are finally moving into this. Then you're having the some of the storytellers that are coming into this. We're getting the people who have always been part of it, which is kind of like where it started, sort of like the online marketers and things like that, where those were the first ones that started there. But the essence is that now they're getting to have like over 2,000 podcasters from around the world now conglomerating over in Philadelphia uh, July 23rd, That starting July 23rd. It's amazing. So, it is. It is incredible. So what, what I'm saying here is that the long tail of this, you cannot see what Dan and Jared had invest, have invested in podcast movement. We, we, we don't know that. And, if, and, if, and I'm sure that they've had times when they did. It doesn't even matter. Make, it's amazing. Well, well I know it's amazing. What's, but what I'm saying is at, there was, I'm sure that there's been times when like, I don't know if this is going to pan out. I don't know if – I don't know. And that's what yeah, happens when – the first couple of years we're, we're doing experiments. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So think about it and putting it back again to what you were just talking about. Somebody who's just doing an experiment right now, somebody who's just trying to grow their audience this way. You cannot know what's going to happen. And are you willing to commit to something like this for a longer period of time? And I think that if you do, you're going to get something like podcast movement, which you guys, you have got to attend. You've got to attend. If you use the promo code SHEEPY, S-H-E-E. 
P, you get $50 off at any level of registration if you go over to podcastmovement.com and get yourself a ticket. There are like now over 100 sessions on topics ranging from like all kinds of technical stuff to setting up your equipment and audio production, all of those things, but also marketing Promotion, and monetization. marketing, yes. storytelling, community building and Elsie's yep. special track of social activism. Yeah, the social um, that that's amazing. I have seen some of the um some of the proposals that have gone through and there are some amazing stories, some incredible ideas, stuff that's going to blow your mind because you you I think that this track is really going to expand uh people's brains and move it away from monetization only to recognize the impact that they can have with their communities. So, and, and again, all of that takes time. And part of it is that I think podcasting has that sense. It needs to simmer. It's not a quick, it's not a quick solution, but going to podcast movement, you can absolutely, I mean, I don't know about you, Jess, but every time we went into podcast movement, there was always gigantic momentum, not only for like, each of us individually, but specifically for she podcasts. You know, I can. Yes. I think we started she podcasts like right before the first. Podcast yeah, like movement, two months right? before. Yes. Yeah, and even then, and I, it was like we, we had that, we had eighty yeah. people at our meetup. I know that was crazy. Yes, it was We've, insanely yeah, that was loud. The first, and wasn't so that many the people. first year, yeah. or was it yep. the year before? That was. It was the first year. I think we just said year, like, yeah. hey, and it was, it was totally like, let's do it. It was so fun. Yeah. Well, it, it was yeah. insane. It was awesome. Yay! Yes. It was so cool. So you guys, please get your tickets to Podcast Movement. It's it's the place where you can have conversations like this. Like you literally can sit down and have a conversation like Jess and I and John are having right now. And do that while you're having your coffee in the morning. Do that while you're taking a break in the middle of walking around. Do that while you're standing at a booth. Do that where they have little work sections. Be able to kind of like really dive into these deep conversations, get to know people, and be inspired by the people around you. So podcastmovement.com, you can enter your promo code SHEP, S-H-E-P, and get $50 off any level of registration. Yay! Yay! <laughs> we did that so well. Yeah. So now, but now let's keep on talking because I think that it's really important to to kind of see how um, people are are really shifting the conversation over here. Um, I I don't know if you get a an, an opportunity to see. There's an article that Gary V put out on how to start yes, a podcast. I did. did you see that? Yes, Do you I have did. anything He's to say about that? I thought you might have something to say about his new event called VoiceCon. Oh, I did not or see you, that at all. I have not seen that at all. I just okay. read about it yesterday. So wait a minute. Okay. Let me see where you are. Gary V and how to start a podcast. Let me go to that. And then let me okay. add for you in the comment, the VoiceCon okay. um, event, how to start a podcast. I have been preaching okay. the power of podcasts as multitasking culture continues to grow. Dozens of emails every week. Daddy, daddy, do, bada boo. When it comes down to it, the only things you really need to start a podcast are a cell phone, computer, an internet connection, something to talk about. No, and a podcast host. You need a host. You cannot not have a host. Please have a host. <laughs> Please do hosting. Oh my God. Gary V is not helping those of us who work in this space because we have to clean up these messes. 
I know. That's why... He has number five, how to God. distribute a podcast, best dis- what, distribution. It's so, it's so confusing. Right. He, the first one... Anchor. Yes. Anchor. So confusing. Then, then Lipson, then Shout Engine, I've never heard of. Then Pippa IO, never heard of it. Simplecast, uh, I don't know what that is. Uh, and then iTunes, and then SoundCloud, then... Yeah, ugh. Oh, God, I think people. that you know uh, what it is. Mind you, there are some good. There's some good things in this article that do talk into the basics of podcasting. It 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 does have that, but I feel the issue with some of these things is that it doesn't really, it doesn't really outline the distinct difference that. Um, I'm writing this as a comment on this blog post as you speak. The technology, the technology that you need to start a podcast is as important as the voice that brings it forth because it is irresponsible of somebody of his caliber to go out there and say that you need, all you need is to start a podcast to your cell phone, to use Anchor, and then have it go everywhere, and then... At the bottom, you know, after on how to distribute your podcast, then you say the best distribution to hosting services for your podcast. Do you, do you know how confusing that is? Because that's what makes our job as somebody who hosts podcast or explains what podcasting is. They come back, well, I have Anchor. I did my show on Anchor. Now I, I need, I, I was told that I need Libsyn. So how do I do that? Uh, did you submit your... Uh, is your podcast in iTunes? Yes, it's already in iTunes. I got to tell because you, of I, I'm just going to be right at okay. honest. This oh annoys God. me to death. Is all right. He he did a podcast. This is a month. Is there is there a course he's teaching here, or did he just throw this up know. to get you on his site? It's just a landing page to get you to his stuff. You know, he, and he says this all yes, the time. People yeah. keep asking. Yeah, people keep asking questions. He he's here. He he actually addresses this. People keep asking him. It says, I get dozens of emails each week asking me how I produce. And then he's got his stuff in there. And my newest edition, he's got that stuff is there. And then it tells you which is a new, the show, whatever. And then he says, I thought I would have my audio engineer, Seth, give you his point of view and the knowledge that he has gained since producing my podcast firsthand. So then he says, there's no one better to explain how to start the podcast than him. So I hope you enjoy. So essentially, he says he got his audio engineers like, dude, these people are asking me. I needed somebody. I need a place to send these people when they ask the questions. And then he's like, all right. So here comes Seth. And Seth just gives him the basics because he doesn't want to get too crazy at explaining stuff. The problem is that the technology the, the the strategy around how to optimize your podcast so that it's an amazing, steady distribution is different than you creating a show, right? That's the content. The content is different. You can sit down and optimize the way you're going to do your show and how you make it up and how you do it. And then there's the other aspect, which is how you distribute it and how it lives online. Two completely different things. It's sort of like what you write, you're writing a book is different than getting your book published by a publisher. That's like a whole other conversation, right? And so, yeah, you can go and write your book and then go into an Office Depot and and uh, print your pages and pass them out. That's what you can. That's exactly what he's saying right now. Here, here's you write your book. You go to Office Depot and then you just 
make your book and, 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 and copies and then you pass them out with staples on the side. That's a literally what he's saying. Right. But he doesn't ex- – the yeah, other thing yeah. is that there's this other stuff. There's like other things that you do to publish your book. There's publishing houses. Do you want to self-publish? There's all of these different places where you could get it out. Writing a book is one thing. Getting it out is a whole other thing. He's putting them both together and it's making – people are going to do one and two and they're like, oh my god, it's Anchor. I'm going to go open an Anchor account. By the time they get to number five, yeah. they're going to be like, what is all this about? Right. And then not yeah. only that – now, all of a sudden, I'm I writing wanna, as you're talking. It's so I want to do, I want to go and change. I want to get away from, I love this and I'm getting traction. And now I want to change from Anchor to my own platform. And now I got, I'm in trouble because Anchor's not yeah. doing they what they They don't even know. Yeah. Cause they don't even know. And now, they don't even know. I, everything I did is lost because I have to start all over again mm-hmm. and I can't move my feet yep. and I can't tell. I hopefully. I can go to Anchor and say, hey, listen, I'll move into this new podcast, go to here, and then you might get 10% of your audience to come over, maybe more, who knows. Yep. But then you're going to lose some that had no idea where yep. you were. It's yep. a sin. I, I absolutely agree. It's so crazy. It's so frustrating with some of this stuff. So frustrating. And this is like when I think that it, it's irresponsible for somebody of Gary Vee's like, level of influence to put something like this. That is so half-ass. Honestly, take somebody else to to explain this. It's just, it's going to confuse people. Yeah, I don't know this because I have somebody like Seth do this for me. I just show up and record and Seth handles this. So Seth, do me a favor. Tell everybody what you do. And again, I feel bad for Seth. We're, we're, yeah. we're Seth Olsen. He's and a, now sure all of a sudden, Seth, yeah. yeah, he just, he's doing his podcast thing. He's editing. And next thing you know, he's got to write this whole thing up. And now here we are. We're tap dancing all over it, and he's close. He's close with a right. lot of the stuff he's, he's talking close. about. He's, yeah, everything else. I think that, you know, everything else I'm cool with, it's that whole, it's that whole other part of it. It's the other part of it that I, I'm not so keen on. Now, right. and I, and yeah, that, that kind of stuff. Also, <laughs> Gary V. Gary V. obviously, obviously Apple hasn't come after oh, you, Gary. Oh, Gary. Nope. Apple has not come after you just yet, but just you wait. You're going to start to get tweeted out. You are using iTunes. You don't say Apple Podcasts. You say how to start a podcast on iTunes. And you mention iTunes again at the bottom of this thing where he just says, and iTunes, this should be your first move. iTunes. It's not iTunes. It's Apple Podcasts. And here's the thing. You can start to know now, guys, whenever somebody uses iTunes of this caliber at this date, amount of time, you understand that they, they, don't, they haven't been in touch with Apple themselves, meaning because Apple is going after influencers and is saying, you guys need to use this. It's just what they're doing. Right. It's what they're going mm-hmm. after. So you right. see that there's a little bit of a disconnect now when you start to, to see that kind of stuff. So anyway, it's just frustrating, dude. And I got to tell Stop you, it. the other thing with – and yeah. again, the thing with Apple is if they go after Gary V, he's a North Jersey, New York guy. He's going to be like, yeah, okay, right, fine, whatever you say, whatever. He's not, he's not even going to think about it. And you know that's Apple's uh, cross the bear. They, they did this. They have to rebrand, and their rebrand is not doing so well. So they can get all yeah. snarky on Twitter all they want. Doesn't matter. Everybody, like I told you the other day, someone I heard on a radio commercial. The guy says, "Listen to us in Apple iTunes." <laughs> so, yeah, nobody's getting it right. 
No, yeah. people are people are trying, but still, Ridiculous. I mean, that's it's just very, it's just very frustrating. It's so very frustrating. But before we, because we're running, I want to. But I admonished him you know, appropriately. Hopefully, not a girl okay, on good. the blog on the good. blog post. Good. Um. So now, but we have to keep moving here because we have. Oh my gosh, we have to finish up because we are getting a little out of hand. But I want to bring in some tool tips. Elsie's Tool Tips. Oh my God, I can't wait to hear you talk about this because uh, I downloaded it and I have no clue what I'm doing. Help. Okay, so here, help, I know. Help, so help. we are, you guys, this is a sponsor, Tool Tips. We have a new sponsor for the show, Text Expander, and I am so excited because I've been using, and I told the guy, you know, when we were going back and forth, um, we got the email. I literally was like, oh my God, I'm so excited to be talking about the show because. Text Expander is the third app that I always add to any new device that I have coming. They're like, it has to be part of my workflow. It, it must. And he, and he asked me, he's like, what are the other two? I assume one of them has to be one password. And he's right. One password is my number one. That one is is there. The second one is Dropbox because it syncs up everything, right? And that's how I get access to a lot of these things. And the third one is Text Expander. And why? It's because it's so ingrained in the way that I've been that I work that it's I take it for granted now. I absolutely take it for granted. I've been using this for, I can't even tell you how many years. I think they probably have my account and they can actually tell you. And I'm I'm thinking maybe like 2007, 2008-ish, where I I purchased Text Expander for the very first time. And so what it is, it's like this, like um, you use keystrokes to expand text. So it's sort of like a, a key, keyboard shortcuts, but like super optimized. So let's say one of the key things, like how I, they give you some of these keystrokes when you download the app. And like one of them is like AADD. And if you write AADD, it expands your address, your physical address, if you ever are filling out an application or something like this. And you can, of course, edit this stuff once you download a text expander. You do the same thing for like uh, email signatures and your name. So if it's my name and I want to write my name down, I write N-N-E-E. And when I write that, it expands Elsie Escobar. Like it just, and I know that it seems like, why don't I just type Elsie Escobar? But I've, it's so much easier because it automatically puts it out. But let me give you a, a usage case for this for me. Right around, I think, 2008 or 2009, I started the Rockin' Lipson podcast series on the Lipson blog. And what that would be is like I generally say on the feed, you know, and I started it first just on the blog and then on the feed. But what I st- when I started to get it on the feed, I, I started to get a lot more people emailing me to be featured. And so I needed to have a workflow set up for this. And so people will email me, hey, I want to be featured. And so I have to send an email saying, awesome, this is what you need to do. And these are the answers. And then they give me the answers and then I have to respond Great. Thank you so much. And this is when I've set up your feature. This is what you can expect. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. There goes that. And then when their feature comes up, I also send an email saying, hey, dude, your feature's up. Um, Check out what it looks like. Let me know if you have any edits. Like Those are like the three main uh, emails that I send out. And if I'm writing this over and over again, it would take me so long. So I essentially have gotten that workflow down with Text Expander to like like seconds, especially when I'm going through the email addresses for the feed. When when I get those inquiries, as soon as I see somebody saying like, I want to be featured, I open the email and I literally <laughs> type in mm-hmm. rockin' yes. That's it. Rockin' yes. 
together. Like Rock one word, yes. rock and yes, boom. And it expands into this entire everything so that they need to know. For. Got yeah. it. And then and I email it out. And then I email it out. And then when they respond back, as quickly as I get it, I immediately write down like like when I get them into, you know, you're going to be featured in two weeks from today. That's going to be, you know, March 15th or something. Then I can all I have to update in that email is the March 15th part. In fact, they even have it set up so that you don't even have to manually do it. Meaning you can expand and then you can fill in the blank. Like there's little blanky thingies in there that I you could actually uh, personalize the expansions to fill in data that is that has to do with that specific person so that you could put like, hey, Jessica, your feature is going in on March 15th. And that could be optimized for you. And literally that happens with increased keystrokes. So my whole system for Rock and Lips and Podcast happens in minute. I go through that stuff so fast, processing email, because I know how to open that up. Also, answers for support. Support.lipson.com is, of course, a keystroke. I just write SSU in my IO because the, here's the other bonus thing, too. It also carries on like it's supported on a desktop as well as any devices. It's supported on, on Mac and Windows and also iOS and Android. And so when you're on there, you can absolutely use this puppy and all of your snippets carry everywhere. And I can do it on the go, which is like insane. So text expander, so amazing. You guys are awesome. So you guys, if you want to get 20% off your first year, yes. so so please, please Thank go over to text expander. Thank you for explaining that because now I know what I need it for. Yeah, it's you know awesome. what I think so it would be text- good for? Emails what? that you send to people over and over and over and over yes. again, which I oh, tend yeah, to do. That will- Totally. It's yeah. so good. So textexpander.com slash podcast, textexpander.com slash podcast. You get 20% off of your first year. And the first yes. year for like a, like a person like uh, us kind of thing, like minus the 20, not with the 20, no, wait, without the 20% Hello. is less than $40 a year. Sorry. I know. Sorry. <laughs> it's generally it's funny. slightly less than $40 a year, but with the 20%, obviously you get even more than $40 a year. But it's really right. great because it it, it uh, syncs up in, through all of your devices. They have one, one last thing I'm going to touch base and I'm probably um, maybe next month I could go deeper into that. But it also supports teams. So let's say you have, let's say I hire something like, let, let's pretend I get an assistant for Lipson, right? And they are going to mm-hmm. be taking over the duties of, of putting up with the Rock and Lipson podcasters. Then what'd be so cool is I could just, as I hire this assistant and I have this assistant, I can say, this is a protocol for answering these emails. These are the keystrokes. They already know. It's already lined up. Part of the teams, if I make edits to that initial email, I just make edits to the email. They don't even have to know. They just have to keep expanding rock and yes, <laughs> and it'll just right. update. So it's so cool for teams too. If you have anybody that's working with you, they can just use these keystrokes and automatically have your answers. So that's another way for you to update information for your team, new email addresses, new ways that you want to handle support, new ways that you want to get a new guest, updated links and things like that. You just have to update it on your end and then it automatically syncs up onto everybody else and you don't even have to tell them, oh, you need to update this boom. stuff. Just keystrokes, boom and done. So yay, boom, thank boom. you so much, Text Expander. You guys, I love this app so much. I just bought it because I've been... Thinking about buying Text Expander for the longest time, and you sold me, so I just bought it. And 
Now I have to play with it. Good. Yes, it's so it's really, really You did? Awesome. You just so, bought it? With, I hope you used our thing. Otherwise, <laughs> Of we're course have to... I did. I know. Thank God. <laughs> and we have a, I know that we have a landing page in the show notes too, guys. So Tell I'll put a link. Tell them the code again, just in case. Yes. So text, actually, there's no code. It's just textexpander.com slash podcast. Uh, you get 20% okay. off your first year. And then um, the there's a landing page. So if you want to click straight through our show notes, that has a specific yes. link in there uh, that also will give us some credit because we love it. And we just want to make sure that Text Expander knows that our She Podcasters are smart folks. When you go to the page, it asks you where'd you hear it from. You click on, you go down, it says She Podcast. You click that, and there you go. Woohoo! Yep, very easy. Thank you for that amazing ad, Elsie. I'm so happy I finally know how to use Texas Standard. That's awesome. Thank you. Because I got a free account and I had no idea how to use it. I don't know why that's funny. I got a free account. I don't know how to use it. So um, without further ado, Elsie has something new that she wants to brag on and I'm excited for her. So tell us about it. A little brag. Without brag. laughing. So I mean. I know. I put on my Facebook page. I, I have a public Facebook page now. I have a public Facebook page. And I had put it under the... Um, Holy shit balls! I had put it under the uh, Jess's pet peeves thing because one aspect of yes, why, why I got yes, my actually, own. Actually, why is that? Um, because I, I have that. become very resistant to seeing my Facebook in quote friends using their profiles or personal profiles for business purposes. And then not necessarily straightforward business purposes, but covert business purposes. And I'm just, I'm so over it. Like there's, that's one of the reasons why I don't friend people anymore, because every single time that I get a random friend request and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I'd like to connect with her. And then I put it on the first two or three things are all these covert practices to drive people to to their business in some way, gathering intel or uh, under the guise of, you guys, I've been doing so much thinking about productivity lately. I don't know how you guys get things done, but I've been sitting around and it's this whole thing. And at the end, it's like, can somebody tell me what are your thoughts about having, I don't know, learning productivity from this perspective or this perspective? What do you guys think? And you know that this person is getting ready to launch a productivity product, you know? Like these kind of conversations are meant to be within, I feel, Facebook groups, for sure, or mm-hmm. your profile, your your page, your business page. Talk Except for one there. major flaw with the Facebook page. There's one major – there's the only – it's a brilliant – Your all of your logic is sound, practical – and on point, except for one aspect of the Facebook page. Okay. Which is what? The money, the the the, no. the algorithm. No one sees it. Yes. It is no, throttled see, okay. unless you so pay wait, money. Exactly. You know what? I actually came to a big thing. I Because here, here's what blew in my face and I was like, oh my gosh, I think I'm ready. I actually your feel. Yeah. That's when I. Rude. I feel I feel that paying money to have people pay attention to what I feel is important is absolutely mm-hmm. worth it. I feel the people who have So you're going to pay every time you friend, post. I'm going to pay when I feel it's relevant and important for people to check out and I want engagement. 
I feel that's okay, worth it. Good. I don't think good. that inside of my profile page, writing these kinds of things, instigating conversation with people that have friended me because they know me from high school is going to give me the type of dialogue that I'm looking for. It's just not. People who I agree I've with known you all- as long as you know how to like- get the audience. If you exactly. expect to post there and hope people are going to see it, then you're going to be waiting a long time. If you're willing to give right. five, ten bucks every time you do a post, great. Do it. Do it. Whenever it matters to me in in the extent that it does. Absolutely. And also, I have been able to do amazing things without any kind of ad spend for the Libsyn page. And I'm super proud of that because it's all That's true, but they have a built-in audience. I mean, you do too to some degree. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, I've worked for those 4,000 people. It's not like there's 10,000. It's also not like that we have as many followers as something like SoundCloud does by any means or Spreaker that has thousands and thousands of, of, of people engaged. But if you see the percentage of the conversation and the quality of engagement that we get on that page, I buy, our page by far exceeds any of that stuff. I think we're in, so what I'm saying is that I've worked with this for a while. I know how these things work. And I also feel I, I'm really now getting to a point where I'm like, if this merits people to pay attention to, I'm totally willing to boost it. I'm totally willing to boost it. And there are other things that are in in alignment to it. This is the other reason why I got a page two. And I know that you probably feel not the same. I don't want to just all of a sudden start friending everybody just because I had an interaction in a group with you. Just because I interacted in with you in a group and I happened to, you know, give you information that you thought was relevant and you think like, oh my God, that lady knows what she's talking about. I'm going to friend her. Now you can follow mm-hmm. my page because I don't want to be your friend. I don't want friends that I don't know. In fact, I don't even want friends that I just met at a conference. I need to want to. I want to want to be a friend, like an actual pe- person that wants to like see your what shit. Makes you think, what makes you think I'm not going to agree to this? Because you're always, a, you friend so many people. Like remember in your course that you, you said just yeah. friend the people. Friend them all. Friend them. Well. And that's when I actually friended a bunch of people. I was a little less well known then, to be honest. And I was just like, uh, okay. And then I kind of pressed the button and friended a few people. And now I'm just like, I just want to not. I just want people to follow me or follow my page. The end. And also when people are tagging me, I'd rather you tag the page. It's like, I don't want to be tagged. I don't want my profile to be. I'm very like, I'm just like, I don't. I don't want that. I want this to be private. Mm-hmm. This is public. This is what you can do. Please do that. Is it the one that I'm says Elsie's so, El- Yoga? No, that's Elsie's Yoga Kula. I'm going to have to update that too. That was for my Facebook. That was for my, I was like old school. That was for Facebook. Uh, it's 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 Elsie Escobar official. Uh, is what it's I called, have a question. Page. Speaking yes. of Facebook, do you manage your pages in business manager? I don't even know what that is business.facebook.com. I don't know what the difference is between managing it there and managing it within Facebook, but there are a couple of people that have added me to their pages in business manager. And I just don't understand why is it better? What's the difference? I need a, you know, I used to teach social media. I need like a whole new Facebook course. I don't know what the hell's going on in here. It's infuriating. Mm. Yeah. You may I, have to re-add uh, me to the GP page. They, I don't know what's been, going on in there. They have, um, there have been some, Changes that now Facebook has pushed on me and I have seen myself come out of the regular Facebook 
to business manager area for some yeah, things. Yeah. And it's kind yeah. of it's kind of sort of annoying to me uh, where I'm like, well, well how did I end up here? Because I didn't do anything. All I did was follow a notification. and But it's yeah. just been a, a new thing that has now pushed me over there. Uh, I think that they're trying to obviously split things up. And I think that there are a lot of things in there. In fact, I am going to optimize my Facebook page to be almost like in, on close, close par with my website. Uh, 11.44. Close time. Yeah, sorry, I had to say that to my daughter. I had to, yeah, almost close to to what it is because I can take payments in there. There's FAQ sections in there. You can sell products in there. They have this lovely templates so, in yeah. there. There's yeah. there's all kinds of really interesting things. That, there's a story. I have a story on my page now where I can – so if somebody lands on there, they know what I stand for right away. Like those I are wonder, some things that that I've ahead. been wanting really strongly. Like people, if they're already on Facebook, to be able to go in there and so that they immediately know what I'm about right? Immediately. Once they get there, like, oh, this is what she's about. <laughs> I get it. I get her. Right, Just from a couple of sentences that you see and the types of posts that I'm getting, that's what I want to put forth. And that's what I, so I feel very strongly about. So if you guys want to like my page, please do so at facebook.com slash Elsie Escobar official uh, because Elsie Escobar was taken by my mom and Elsie <laughs> dot Escobar is taken by me. So there's by my mom. So there's that. So I am Elsie Escobar official, but go ahead, check it out. And then I can have conversations that I've been wanting to have for a long time that I haven't been able to on my own profile page. Because again, I don't want to talk to these people. <laughs> well, I don't disagree so with that. that. I think it's smart as long as they do it. And I mean, if they'll do it, then great. Next question. I had another question for you. Do you think that Facebook is trying to make it so that people don't need like a page? What do you mean? What like a page? I don't understand. Like a like they don't. I'm sorry. Like they don't need a website because their page oh. can essentially be their website. Can they do everything? I think that they are. Of course, I'm not going to use it for that because I obviously it's Facebook. But I do understand the the weight of search results, the weight that they have in in finding information. I also understand how many people are on Facebook that don't go anywhere else. So this is another opportunity for me to kind of introduce them to to other things that I am, which in which will show them my website. Like you can go over here and you can find out more information. But of course, that's where they're, they're getting to the place where that is true because you can you can take PayPal or Stripe straight from a page. You can have your mm -hmm. products and services straight from the page. You can schedule a consultation straight from the page. So you can that's have what I'm all saying. Of what things. the hell do you need a website for? It's crazy. It's got all of the stuff right there. So I don't you know. A, the only thing you need FAQs. a website for is if you um, – the only thing you need a website for is if you um, are afraid that Facebook is going to somehow change things and then you have everything. Like, yep. I mean, they own all of it. And if they change yep. anything, your content is diggity done. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. And so that, yeah, I, yeah, that totally matters. But I do feel that there's power in, in that, especially now that they have, um, you can start, st you can do stories on the page as well. You can have your brand story up there. Um, the 
the conjunction between Instagram and your Facebook page is super like integrated. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do like, and then when it says advertise your business, like for me, it feels like, so I'm so ready for that. Like if I, when I start to really promote the e-league that's coming up here soon, we're going to start at the beginning of April. I'm super mm-hmm. excited because everything's set up. Like I could just write my stuff in Instagram. They'll post over to, sh- to, to the Facebook page and I'll just boost that image. With all of the information in it already, with like the type of marketing that I like, I'm not going to be sitting there writing Facebook ads. I'm just going to push those so that they get a lot more engagement because they already are working. My posts are already working. So I'm not going to just do a Facebook ad campaign. It'll just be boosting the stuff I, to get more people to, to pay attention to it. Right. That's right, it. Right, right. So to Makes me, it's sense. easier. It's like, so it's like not, not, it's a no-brainer. Um, and yeah. there's just, I don't know, there's just so many different things in there, um, that I, I was like really impressed with all the stuff that they've got going on in here. So cool. anyway, I'd love it for you guys to follow my page and, 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 and in terms of following too, you can also choose like right below following, especially if you want to see my rants or my conversations around, you know, and social and cultural advocacy and things like that, especially within podcasting, you can really follow and say, see first, and then you can really have those pages right up front and you can see my posts uh, if you choose to. I have done that with uh, at least three separate pages that I personally really value. And if I don't see them first, I go to these pages almost on a daily basis to see what they posted. I actually do that. And I want to get to the place where my people, the people that want to know what I'm saying, are getting to into the habit of going to my page just by themselves. Like they'll just go. They'll, they will actively choose to go inside of, the, of my Facebook page. It's kind of like somebody choosing to go to your website, which is what used to yeah. happen back in the day, right? So I'm, yep. I want to get to that place where people will going to go like, oh, I wonder what else he's been you know, ranting about lately. <laughs> I'm just going to go yeah. to her page and then everything's there. Like that's kind of where I want to get to. So I trust that the people that want to hear from me will take these actions because I trust my work means that much. And I've gotten to a place where I'm like, I'm just going to keep on doing it. And if you're interested in me, come to my page. The end. Huh. <laughs> Neat. Hey. I need to start completely over with my public page. I'd like to delete everything I've ever posted and just start over. Yeah, I think that's what do you a good think about idea. That? There's, there's, there's so much lots of optimization. So much. Yeah, but it's all lady you know. business radio. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. You're about your page. Yeah, yeah not page. my profile. No, my profile. I could never delete that. Never, right. never, ever. But my page, I want to mass delete everything on it. Yeah, it sucks. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. Well, this cool. is interesting. Cool. All right, interesting convo. But I guess we can continue yes. next time. Please follow Elsie Elsie yes. Escobar, the LC Escobar, right? No, Elsie no, Escobar, Elsie Escobar official, official, because she's official. Um, check that out and also check us out at ShePodcast.com and on Twitter at ShePodcast.com and on Facebook at ShePodcast.com even our group is ShePodcast.com and please email us info or feedback at ShePodcast.com let us know what you thought about the show thank you so much for listening Elsie love you mean it bye 